Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. help of Nick from Concussion Talk podcast. We are dedicated to providing strength and hope to those recovering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today I have a recording of our guest speaker Blair. Uh, Blair spent over nine years in the Canadian forces and was medically released due to the compounded effects of concussions throughout his life. He finished a degree in human kinetics this month and will be starting a master's of physical therapy this upcoming fall. Hello. Yeah. So my name is Blair. Um, currently, I live in uh, Newfoundland, so I'm pretty far east. And uh, while I was in the military, I lived in Edmonton, and that was not quite as nice as Newfoundland can be. <laughs> Although I'm looking forward to getting to London, Ontario, to start my masters. Um, so a little bit about my story, I guess. Um, I was a pretty competitive hockey player my entire life. My dad put on skates around three, four years old, and I haven't taken them off other than for a few years here and there with my like injuries. Um, what else is there about the early day? I guess like I really identified as an athlete from a really young age, and I guess as you'll come to find out, I've kind of changed roles and try to pull people out of that identification because it kind of can have some pretty big impacts on your mental health once that athlete piece isn't there anymore. Um, but when I was in uh, peewee hockey, I sustained a concussion and that concussion laid me back for about four months. And that's kind of the beginning of the whole compounded effects of concussions journey. That was the first one that was on record and it was really tough. Um, I kept trying to go back too early. There was no real, no one really knew what to do for a concussion back then. I don't think we really do right now fully either. I think we're getting there, but we're certainly not in the space where we're super effective, but uh, they kept putting me back return to play. And I kept, I, I was throwing up on the ice. I was getting sick on the ice. And then they put me in game situations and the same thing. And it was just, not a good time 
And these types of concussions, this happened twice more up until I was in Bantam and then going into midget hockey. All the while I was still playing competitive hockey and there was never really a focus on my health and how I was doing, even though there's a lot of obvious signs that and almost cries for help with my behavior and irritability that were going on. And uh, I kind of healed to a certain point uh, when I was 16 years old and I was kind of done with hockey because I was tired of the pressure that was put on me by people I knew, coaches, even family. My dad coached and he was, he's, I love him to death, but he was very hard on me when it came to hockey. And uh, so I ended up joining the reserves at 16 years old. So I joined the Canadian forces as a part-time member in 2009. And I was doing really, really well with it. And so much so that I had left university to join full-time um, when I was 20, I think I was late twenties or late 20, like late into my 20, 20th year. And, uh, I moved to Edmonton and throughout that period of time, I thought that this was who I was going to be for the rest of my life. I loved every minute of it. I was an infantry soldier with uh, PPCLI and I just loved it. I, I thought, I think that it was just the real, the real job for who I was at that point in time. And I did really well. I was kind of moving my way up through and I was applying to become an officer short in the near future. And then in January, 2015, oddly enough, it was a military hockey tournament with no checking and I got destroyed. And I don't know if you've watched hockey, but when you get destroyed, you get, that's not a good thing at all. <laughs> So there was, and that happened and I was put back to work too soon. And then we were in training and I stepped out. I can't remember which one came first. I mix it up sometimes, but the, but we were in training and our lab. So a lab is a light armored vehicle that carries infantry soldiers and you sit in the back of it, big metal thing. And uh, with the front end of the lab hit a big, bump and so the front went down and the back popped up and our helmet no one wears their helmets in the back I mean it's sad but hopefully after what I went through some more people started wearing their helmets and then I had like a compression injury so concussion up and came back down my neck kind of was damaged in the process as well and then I was too scared to tell anyone what was going on because I just came back from a concussion that everyone already didn't believe I was going through, even though I was very nauseous in the mornings and I wasn't myself. I was so irritable that, and in the, in the infantry, it's hard to tell when someone's being extra irritable because almost everyone that's in charge of you is super irritable anyway. <laughs> so it's hard to really see that, but uh, so that continued on and then it was like two or three days later it was icy in the middle of February and then I stepped off the the bus in a parking lot and something simple like that and I slipped on the ice and smashed the back of my head off against the, the bottom stair of that bus and up until about a year and a half ago I was on a, I don't know who I was I had a very hard time from 2015 um, late 2015 onward until 2018 I was waiting to get medically released and in that 
time frame, I want to say that I spent approximately 60% of my time in bed. My battery was about 15 minutes spurts. There was no grocery stores. There was no dry. Like the most I had was they used to make me drive into work once or twice a week and check in with my boss who was less than understanding. And that pretty much took my battery for a week just trying to navigate how to talk to this person just to get through the day and in 2018 we moved back to Newfoundland from Edmonton and I was medically released in May and I began going to school um, for I was I initially started in kinesiology and then I ended up switching to therapeutic recreation in my last year so I could graduate a little bit quicker so I did the kinesiology program and I met so many great people who seemingly understood concussion. And along that way, I started an Instagram page where I kind of developed a community and found people and connected with them. And these people just, they really know their own experience and how to connect that to your experience. And that's really powerful. And I assume that's why you folks are here today because there is so much power in the community and it's really therapeutic. But uh, to continue onward, like I've went through school and I started out and I could only do one course. I did that one course online and that was tough. And then I bumped it up the next term. I did two online and that was a little bit easier. And then I had a very major setback when I tried to do two courses in person that didn't go well. And, uh, but I took time off. I took us the winter semester and the summer semester off. And I do recognize that where I was released from the military, like it gives me a unique opportunity to heal. It's, I wouldn't call it a privilege because there's certain points in time where it's not easy to deal with, but it is somewhat of a privilege to have a funding to take that break. But I took that break and then I came back, I think it's fall of 2019 and I was like on a mission to get through this kinesiology degree which ended up being a therapeutic rec degree to get into physiotherapy because one of like the cornerstones in my recovery was my physiotherapist and her name is Kim Furlong and she's the owner of NL Balance Indigenous here in St. John's Newfoundland and the asset that she's been in my recovery is you can't even really quantify it because she's just so exceptional at what she does. But through doing vestibular training, sub, and one of the most important things was the sub-symptom threshold aerobic activity. And I also worked with the psychologist for cognitive behavioral therapy. And But between these things, like the vision therapy and seeing her, I made leaps and bounds. And those leaps and bounds weren't made while I was still serving in the military and trying to recover from the injury because there was no, there's no one there that had this knowledge, but we're going to get there. And I believe we will. It's just going to take a lot of pressure by people like myself once I graduate. But, uh, I made a lot of leaps and bounds and, uh, I struggled, but I got myself up to a full course load. And ultimately this was my, I did intercession just now. I finished last week and that's my undergrad completed. And I was accepted into, uh, yeah, I was accepted into Western uh, University of Western Ontario for my master's in physical therapy. 
And I'm very excited about that because that's been the end game and end goal from my undergrad from the second I hit the, I hit that medical release day onward. Thanks, Wendy. And uh, I think it's just really important to know that when you're going through a concussion and you're living with a concussion, there is this community that you're seeing. Like, there, I'm, I'm not sure what the numbers are here today. I know it's, it seems a bit lower, but the people who are actually in the community, there's hundreds of thousands of people. Like, and that's not an understatement. That like, there are so many people who are in your shoes, and there's so many people to draw inspiration from. And like, even on your worst days, like, there's people that are gonna listen. And that's what's ultimately going to get you to the end game. And, uh, but yeah, and then when I go into physio this uh, fall at Western, there's actually a Concussion Legacy Foundation uh, chapter at Western who I've been speaking to. And I'm really hoping to work with them. And I've worked with like Heads Up Can, and there's a few uh, people that are within their community that are based out of London. And also, I guess another interesting thing is that in the last, since November, I started training for uh, triathlon. I got to the point with my aerobic capacity where my sub-symptom threshold was at 150 beats per minute. And for someone my age, like your maximum, my maximum heart rate is theoretically 192. So that's, that's about... I think 60 to 65% of your max, my max. And when you're doing sub-symptom threshold training, you really have to uh, be cautious and write down what you're experiencing and how you're feeling. But I was good at that and I could sustain that effort. So I've gotten really heavily involved in that. And uh, it's been a really great experience. I've met a lot of people and I've been able to push that sub-symptom threshold barrier through that endurance training, which I think is kind of unique. And I'm interested to look into it in the future up to about 160, 165, which is almost back to whatever normal is. I don't know if I'll ever be normal. I'm a bit of an oddball. If you actually meet me in person, I have a weird sense of humor, but, uh, that's, that, that's just it. And, uh, I also coach hockey. That's something I began in 2019 because I couldn't really play anymore. And circling back there, I love hockey. And as much damage as it's done to me, um, I guess I just, I'll never step away from the sport. And I really truly love coaching hockey. And I think one of the unique aspects I have is I coach high performance hockey. Like I know they're young. So saying high performance is kind of not great because I coached U11, which is formerly known as Adam Hockey. But these kids are U high performance now because that's the way we live. And that's every one. But the reason why I chose this population is because they're the ones who need people that have been through it the most. They're the most at risk for those injuries because it's so high speed. And they also need someone who understands that you can't just go back after a week unless you're cleared, unless you've done all the things you need to do. Like there's boxes that need to be checked now. And if you're not checking those boxes and someone that hasn't experienced it isn't around, they might let you go by. And that's something that I, I haven't, I hadn't experienced since I had like, there was a knee injury my first year with someone and there was a, like a mild concussion at the beginning of the season this year with one of our nine-year-olds. He was like an early 
he did everything and I was, I was surprised. I just, I told his dad, these are the people who you should go see. He went and seen them and there was zero resistance. And he was for, I think 16 days from contact to being back on his trial run on the ice. And that seems like an eternity to a child, um, but he's doing better now because some of the things that he did for his retraining have actually been able to help his performance on the ice. So he wasn't resting as, and just sitting in a dark room. He was being engaged in different activities when his threshold allowed that to happen and his battery was charged to that point. But I think it's important that if you have the experience and if you've been through something and something means something to you and you can be involved in it in a different shape, I think it's important for you to put yourself in that situation. And that doesn't mean scare people. Like I make it very clear to everyone I coach and all the parents, like I will talk about this with your children, but I will make very clear that if you do the right things, this is a road that you will hopefully not go down but it's just something that if whether it doesn't matter what sport it is or what activity it is just be involved and be there because your experience is really valuable but i don't know if there's a whole lot more i mean there's a lot more but that's about as much as i can share in one wind today i have nick from concussion talk podcast and his co-host aaron uh, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association joining me. Uh, so you guys met with Blair recently. Um, yep. Aaron, I'll let you your, you're excited about his, uh, his news about, about Western. Yeah, yeah. So when we interviewed Blair on Nick's concussion talks podcast um, he was waiting to hear from western so it was really nice to hear his share in the group about how he got in amazing congratulations Blair if you're listening yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but no it was really great to hear because like when we did that interview with him which also everyone should go listen to as well um, for some more context because it was a different description as well what he talked yeah, about with us yeah. was kind of more um, his recovery and that kind of stage of it where like his share with you guys was obviously more about going through the actual concussions and like his story along that timeline which was neat because I didn't know some of the aspects that he mentioned but yeah I know he was still a bundle of nerves about getting in and all that so it was really nice to hear the happiness in his voice come out about how he's going on and fulfilling that dream and it's kind of amazing that he'll be able to do that in an area he's so passionate about now. And like, I remember I asked him in the original interview too, like if that had always been his like dream. And at first he was like, well, first it was like NHL, NHL hockey <laughs> course, but then he was kind of always interested in that area. So it's nice to see that like, it kind of all looped back. Yeah. 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 Well, oh. geez, sound yeah. wacky. Um, I can do the sound. I'll just speak lower. I think this settles it down in the area. Okay, good. That's perfect. All right. Um, no, I, I didn't know about the hockey, his uh, hockey career pre brain injury like, concussion. I knew he started talking about this incident in the lab, and I remember saying, What's a lab? And uh, so, yeah, so military thing, he started talking to us about how his concussions, and maybe that's why I started asking him about stuff. So he kind of felt like he had to answer that question, but uh, but yeah, but it was 
Yeah, like Karen was saying, it was, it was great they got into Physio Western, and I know a few people who've done that program as well, and I know it's, I know it's a great program. So, and then, as I mentioned, off the air, I think off the air, but I'm sure I'll see him. I'll probably hit him to that area neck of the woods in uh, whenever I can, I'm allowed to, maybe maybe before he gets there, but August, September, really, and uh, it will be cool to see him introduce to some people that I know that have done the program and that may have stuff to tell them, although they've done a lot of but, you know, still. Yeah. Um, I also just really enjoyed his share just because, like, there were so many different levels to it that related to me and, like, my life in one way or another. Like, um, I mean, uh, I played hockey, too, um, for one, of course. But just the fact that, like, he was in the military um, and him talking about, you know, like, the military and how, like, they, like, handle concussions yeah. and stuff, it kind of, like, reminded me of, like, my stepdad, um, he was in the military. He was medically released now, but um, they were doing like this like combat course thing and he got a concussion and like, I don't really think anything was done or taken seriously. And um, and just uh, Blair was talking about later on just how um, like once he left the military, that's when like his recovery really started. And like, um, and it's crazy that that's the case um, but it that's the reality and um and then we were talking about like I, I mentioned to him that um like you know my stepdad was in the military and um that's kind of why I want to be like a psychologist for like people in the military now I don't know because I want to be involved with the concussions and I want to be involved like it's so many different things but um and just kind of like how like he wants to like make things better for other people and like um and I don't know that's kind of something that I guess that's kind of my goal with the whole like be a psychologist thing um and just like when he was mentioning you know um if you like when he was talking about like coaching hockey now um and how like he uh how like he coaches it and how when you're like someone that's been through something and you can help other people with it like you you should do it like if you can um and just like how valuable it like your experience is since you've been through it um and it's important to be in a position to help people um because your own experiences are really valuable and I think that kind of goes back to like my kind of career goal thingies because it's more like work with military kids you know like when you go through something using your thing to help other people and I think it's awesome that um he's like coaching Adam hockey and it's more like the high performance like the rep kids and he's having these conversations with like the kids and the parents and like he's not trying to scare them he's just trying to make people see you know the importance of it um and it's awesome that he, you know, had a great experience with his physio and now like he's going to school for it and wants to help more people with all that stuff too. Yeah. On that note, Taya, you reminded me of a place and I want to shout it out on here as well. So have you ever heard of MindShift Clinic? Yes. It's in Lincoln, next to Armocto. 
where you and I are both kind of from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I was supposed to do an internship there, but they do almost exactly what you're interested in. And I think you should reach out to the psychologist there. Oh. I will send those details, but to let people know, MindShift Clinic is a neuro and biofeedback clinic and counseling service where essentially your neuro and biofeedback is a, it measures your brain waves essentially. And those get analyzed by a set of team members that are like multidisciplinary. So it would be psychologists, it would be counselors, it would be um, physiologists, it would be physiotherapists, all of that kind of one space. And a lot of military members go through there for PTSD and also concussions come through and they kind of have a full encompass clinic there. But don't know if we have any listeners from that area, but a very interesting clinic, very good spot. Yeah. Completely struck my mind when you were talking about it. <laughs> I was like, that is that. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why you were like, yeah, no, I was like looking at like, the finger. She was like, yeah. she was like typing away. Like, What's going on? Okay. Yeah. And actually, when we when I first when we first met in like last September or October, whatever, you mentioned that you're because I asked about the uh, Hamilton, the to have the uh, the brain injury and the the program in Hamilton. Yeah, that was another internship. I was yeah, but I'm this line of the internship. At this place, but then follow everybody as of the whole stuff, you know. COVID. Yeah, because of COVID. <laughs> because of, of that thing. Um, yeah. So, and I like, yeah. I, I actually interviewed, uh, interviewed uh, Kim Furlong, his, uh, his division that I was talking about, interviewed her in April of last year. So, okay. I talked to his, to his therapist, he's talking about, and I visited her, Kim, a bunch of times. So, her place is in, I don't know, in the US, we have St. John's, but they Several say Aaron, but uh, okay, cool. um, in John, it's just down Portugal Road, not Portugal Road, um, Nuco Road, and and those driving, and uh, so it's just next to next to Pizza on the Elizabeth Avenue, and uh, yeah, it's an amazing place, and and I've, I've been to her a few times, and she's great, and her and her other physios, and also my physio who helped me a bunch. Jen Shares, who have mentioned a million times in this program, this podcast, these podcasts. Um, she did a little like, hey, this kind of, she's, what's it called? It's a comment there in that, uh, basically, in that, uh, in 20, early, early 2020. Because they were actually, the last night I saw her was the day before we had the big snowstorm here in last, last January. So, but yeah, but, uh, so, you know. Just interesting that he's he. I mean, it's going to really that interesting because it's the same city. It's not a big city, but yeah, um, I was going to say, I was going to say, oh, you know, small world, but no, 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 it's no, it, it is small. It's, it's not. Small. You're a small place. You're all yeah. living in the same area, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you tell me who's that all the stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, that's oh yeah, but of course I do know those people are that place because it's not a big place, but. uh and now again, I guess maybe we were by him this summer at the at behind ponds with small lakes for anyone who's wants to know what ponds ponds are. And uh and then we uh so see him at lakes this summer. So I mean probably unless he goes to Ontario sooner, I don't know when, but yeah. But like the, the substance and thresholds and stuff was interesting. Yeah, that yeah, that was really cool. Um and he like explained it later on a bit more to everyone. Um and uh like he explained how the like buffalo treadmill test works and like um 
like the goal of it all and then he also just kind of uh emphasized you know like when you finish whatever you're doing like you need to take the time to relax and there were clearly of us in the not, support that were like is that is that the the sink shot the sink shot no, no, where no, you were no, 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 no. um and then he was just talking about how like what he does is like he like has like a epsom salt bath like three days a week like really hot 15 minutes huh. and like just like nothing else in there just like think about like how you feel how you experienced your aerobic activity like you know um stuff like that and then he circled back to how pacing and planning is the number one thing and you know we always talk about it yeah. but it's easier said than done um and uh and also just like on like the pacing and planning thing um when he brought up how you know like when he went back to school like he was originally just doing like with like one course and then he bumped it up and just like how um he took like like he had a major setback and then he had to take some time off um but he like was able to like come back and like he was on a mission like it was gonna happen and i mean he he did it you know like he finished his degree he's going for his master's um to western and um yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think. I'm oh, sorry. I uh, think I was just. I think it's interesting how they. You know, I want to stay away from the athlete. Yeah, it's like calling some defining somebody by if they're an athlete or everybody took that mindset of of just uh, and it just it also just just it's more about his comfort level. He's comfortable doing that because his mindset. He's comfortable comfortable with his mindset, but it has been an athlete to have that sort of mindset. Or they even they had just because it's the, his is that sort of like structured. You know you're doing what you want to do and and you plan and you stop and you 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 take you know you take breaks and stuff and you have to plan certain things. But not everybody has that mindset and just because it's just more about the comfort of your of just having a mindset of a a general a general idea of how you're going to attack your rehab instead of your recovery. Not necessarily athlete focused or planning that's not your mindset that's not your mindset don't I think I think more what he was saying was about like the identifying with being an athlete yeah yeah yeah. because yeah because that is really hard like now that I'm not an athlete like it like saying that makes me like want to puke and also like I just like I typically feel uncomfortable like saying that I'm not an athlete anymore because that's what I knew for 21 years. Like I, I've been an athlete my entire life and then saying now like I'm not an athlete is really weird. Yeah. Um, I liked his, um. you mentioned it briefly, like how he would take the baths and then like kind of just be grateful and note the feelings of um how the aerobic exercise felt. And it's like, how did that make me feel and how that, and like taking note of that. And it's almost like a gratitude like note to your body like instead of focusing on your deficits or like how you didn't reach a certain point which I find like a lot of athletes are so goal oriented it's like I must reach this point I must get this I must do this we have to win kind of thing yeah yeah and instead going like I'm so grateful that my body was able to run today like just like I felt really great when I was able to do like this exercise kind of thing and like that's a really nice reframing of it because then you're still within that athletic definition but you're just switching it up to a new goal kind of thing yeah and I think like part of that also just goes with like 
he also mentioned how like he was seeing a psychologist for CBT. So he definitely learned um, some good coping skills through that too. And, um, and just, yeah, I think, I think the like being more aware of what your body can do is definitely a really important part of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than, you know, beating it up for not being able yeah. to do things. And what do you think, like, Taya, too, of the definition of going from, like, I am an athlete to, like, I am athletic? Because, like, arguably, you're still athletic. Like, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, do you think that would have been a nicer shift for you? Yeah, I think, yeah, that probably would have definitely been a better way to say things. Um, mm-hmm. I know part of my issue is, Like I was like my knee injury in my hip. um, And then, I mean, I also had concussions, but that's not when I quit. Definitely should have been, but because of the knee, I quit. But um, so that kind of limited my athletic ability. So I didn't even feel athletic at points was part of it. But I think the being able to be like, I am athletic thing. I think that's definitely a good way to reframe um, and not kind of, tear yourself down for sure yeah yeah rather than like root your identity in the one word kind of just be like that is part of it and when you say just athletic like it just becomes part and like otherwise you're still a whole happy healthy person like yeah exactly. because yeah. I, mean, I mean even being an athlete that's not all of who you are like you you are so many other things too mm. um so yeah I think the I think the athletic thing is definitely a, a good yeah it's, it's pretty uh, serendipitous. Serendipitous is probably a big dramatic word for it, but uh, that NLBA is doing their the sport concussion. You can, I mean, you can uh, cross plug, but everybody here, I know that uh, NLBA released a, a post this week about doing, being a guest and talking about concussions and sports. So, yep. uh, Aaron probably better than that one I am. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, we're offering um, presentations now. We've reached out as much as we can to most of the societies here about concussions. Um, we've got one set up for sure with snowboarders. So we'll be focusing on that one. And I mean, a lot of this discussion too came to me because um, our current student intern, uh, athletic as well, and she experienced a lot of concussions throughout her adolescence. And so she's kind of pushed the like oh I know a lot about this and I was like good good like run with it (laughs) yeah so it's been on my mind lately too and just a reminder with Blair's story as well about like how impactful that is to have teachers in the place that have experienced it and coaches I guess too is what I should say yeah if like having because I know like I had coaches where they clearly knew nothing about concussions like I mean, when I went to, like, when I was playing uh, high school rugby in New Brunswick, like, the girls team, like, we didn't even have coaches, like, uh, they were just, like, girls, like, women who had, like, graduated a couple years before, and, like, they would just volunteer and coach us, and so we didn't have, like, medical anything, like, if you got hurt, like, well, okay, like, you know, so no one really understood concussions there, obviously, because, Um, no one was trained in any of those things and um and just like the fact that he has had the experience so he can also just talk about like from his experience how it's been how much it's impacted um and 
he can just kind of like um not like prove that like it's serious but like you know like that it is something that you do need to take seriously because xyz could happen you know yeah and I love like that he's like I'm there to encourage the participants but also the parents like make sure that everyone is comfortable going forward with what I'm recommending kind of thing because like obviously our goal within our presentations is to target coaches parents everyone all the public as much as possible but we also made a specific one for athletes like themselves of the sport to essentially like empower them more so to recognize the symptoms in themselves and take themselves out because it'll in the long run be better for their sport and their love of it later. Yeah. But I think the (laughs) biggest thing though is just coaches that like accept that you're like, I need out, like I'm not okay. Um, I think that's a huge part of it too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think the, like the special presentation for the athletes where it's kind of like helping them like have the courage to like, you know, be like, Hey, like I need out. Um, that's really important because there were countless times I played games where I was definitely concussed and definitely not okay, but I wanted to play. I didn't want to let the team down. I didn't want to lose out on playing time. I didn't want people to think, um I was I don't know weak or faking it or whatever you know um and definitely regret not taking concussions more seriously well we're looking for personal testimonies if anyone wants to hit us up (laughs) write something in you can contact Nick and I'm sure he'll pass it on to me all that stuff will be in the (laughs) file that Blair talked about um in our discussion was just how um, important it is to like talk about it um, and because someone had said something about you know like they come to the meetings every so often but like um, it's really hard to like talk about it um, and he and he was just like yeah like it is really really hard especially like the first few times that you do it, like it does get easier and um, and like it's hard because like you do feel like you know lost a piece of yourself and um, but like you get to like when you can make and allow yourself to be this new person and accept this new person um, can be better than how you were before. It's um, it like changes everything. Like it's so empowering to own it. And, um, but also it's important to recognize, you know, that like, it's not your entire identity. Um, and uh, sharing it's really important. And you just talked about like, you know, the sense of community um, and, uh, sharing stories with other people and um, so another thing if anyone wants to be a Thursday morning speaker <laughs> let us know we're always looking for some um, but yeah sharing stories is so important because um, like therapeutic for you but then the people listening like you never know who's listening um, could be exactly what they need um, and it also just kind of reminds people that, you know like they're not alone um, and like other people like understand especially when you're surrounded by a bunch of people who've never had concussions or dealt with pcs or Mm -hmm. anything like that um it's really helpful yeah Yeah. so come to support group meetings too everybody (laughs) 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 um but yeah all in all i just really enjoyed blair's share it was Um, great it was yeah i was glad to hear more from him yeah yeah, I think that's super cool. So are the episodes coming out on the same day then? No, that shows. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yours is already out. Okay. 